Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Welcome everyone to Real Presence Radio. My name is Janine Bitson, and I will be one of your hosts today. Also, Father Charles LaCroix will be joining us any minute. He's wrapping up a wonderful and busy year at Shanley High School, and we're just so blessed that he'll be joining us uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, But what we want to talk about right now is what's coming up on our show. So, Aaron, can you tell us what's going to happen in the next two hours here? Absolutely. Thank you very much. We have a wonderful show coming up today. In this first hour, Monsignor Thomas Richter of the Diocese of Bismarck will give us a few ways we can evangelize to those in our daily lives. Right after that, Father Charles LaCroix of the Fargo Diocese will be here to take your calls during Straight Talk. This is a great time to stump the priest or ask a question for him. That will be 9.30 to 10 a.m. Central. Then in the second hour, Dr. Glenda Reems will share with us some great news coming out of the University of Mary about the nursing program. Also, we will be speaking with Nick Powers about growing his family business. And Dr. Deb McManaman will sit down with us to talk about the good news and taking that to the streets of St. Paul. All this coming up on Real Presence Live. Right back to you. Well, thank you so much, Aaron. Yeah, what an exciting show we have for all of you today. We are just so grateful that you're tuning into Real Presence Radio. Uh, without you, we would not exist. And of course, without the good Lord, none of us would exist. So we are so grateful that he has given us this wonderful radio station to proclaim the gospel, uh, to evangelize over the airwaves, and to so many people across our listening area. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as I said, Father, Father Charles LaCroix will be joining us very, very soon. But the exciting thing is, is this show, we're going to talk about evangelization and what that means, uh, what that means and how we in our own lives can be spreading the gospel to people every single day. Uh, it could be our neighbor, it could be our child, it could be um who a stranger that we cross on the street. And even Pope Francis reminded us on how important it is to smile. No matter what's going on in our lives, uh, we need to always remember that that smile is just that door that opens up the love of God uh, and, and helps people get through some tough times, even when we're going through some on our own. Um, so again, we're so grateful that you're joining us and that you're going to be um, listening to what we have to bring to you today uh, across our Midwest listening area. So also, um, later on in the show, um, we're going to have a giveaway. And this giveaway is going to come to a, a special place down in the Rochester area. So please stay tuned for that giveaway as well. And uh, stay tuned so you know what it's going to be. Um, we will also be talking with uh, a lady from uh, Dr. Reams from You Mary and such an exciting thing going on there. For the last, 
uh, nine to 12 weeks, I've been busy caregiving for parents, um, whether it was in Florida or down in northeastern Iowa with my mom and, and her tragic accident. And I have a special love for nurses, <laughs> the whole medical community and what they do for us. You know, it's not always evident until you're in that situation with a loved one or yourself. So stay tuned for that incredible story coming out of you, Mary, right here in Bismarck, North Dakota, and all the great things that are going on there. So as far as uh, later in the hour... Um, we're going to go on a 10-minute tour, and there's always so many exciting things going on in our listening area, and and it's just really phenomenal. And even though it's not in the, even though it's happening in Bismarck and you're in Rochester, it's a great way to get some ideas as well as some things that you can do in your local community. So stay tuned for that as well. Um, so I guess you know I've been out of the area for a little while. Um, helping care give for my parents and and so many blessings in the cross and so that also helps us to evangelize people as well you know we never know why god puts us in certain situations at certain times and it's things that are totally out of our control but uh, the gift that God brings us in when we trust in him, truly trust in him. And um, that's also a way that you can evangelize um, how you handle those crosses and, and how you're able to you know, move forward and grow in them. Um, there are a lot of special moments when you just put yourself at the feet of the cross of Jesus and, and say, you know, this is bigger than I am and I need you. Uh, when we truly get to that point where we say, I need you and I trust in you, even though we have no idea where he's going to lead us, uh, it, it can be really special moments. And, and that also, of course, is part of evangelization, um, how we handle those crosses. Um, you know, it, it can be stress, it can be hard, but God always sees us through. And uh, with that, I would like to introduce our next guest, Monsignor Thomas Richter. He is going to talk to us more about evangelization. Welcome, Monsignor Richter. Good morning. Good to be with you. Oh, it's great to have you with us as well. You know, God calls us the laity to evangelization. And Monsignor Richter, we're so grateful that you're going to be here with us to tell us how we can do that, because it's not always clear-cut. <laughs> it's not always clear-cut. You know, we get these things placed on our heart, but then we think, oh, that's for somebody else to do. <laughs> so can you tell us, before we begin, a little bit about yourself? Oh, yeah. I was ordained in uh, 1996 uh, for the Diocese of Bismarck. Since then, I have served as pastor, as vocation director, rector of the cathedral, teacher, and um, uh, now I'm out here in the good city of Dickinson at, uh, with the great people of Queen of Peace and teaching at uh, Trinity High School. I teach a class uh, to the seniors called Live Relationship with Jesus Catholic Style, and so that's been a, something new and enjoyable for me. But uh, as far as evangelization goes, it was uh, during my time at um, the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit. I just uh, started writing bulletin articles on... Um, I just, you know, had some modest ideas and thoughts on it, and uh, from that came uh, this uh, little booklet, Integrated Evangelization. Boy, that's fantastic. It's it's such an important thing, and, and I know John St. John Paul II, uh, our wonderful uh, Pope, who he really 
help to uncover the importance of evangelization um, in us as laity. Um, can you tell us, though, exactly what the word evangelization means? <laughs> yeah, the word evangelization comes from a Greek word meaning good news. And so um, in your in your opening remarks, uh, saying it's not clear-cut, etc., um, that is, I suppose, true in... Uh, in regards to certain elements of evangelization. But the, the, there, it is also true that um, sometimes we make it less clear-cut than it is. We make it more complicated than it is. And so I find it, uh, I find it uh, not coincidental that we're having this conversation about evangelization uh, shortly before Pentecost. I think uh, one of the most clear-cut things we need to remember about evangelization is that it occurred, evangelization is the fruit of Pentecost. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. And... And not to interrupt you, but that's so such a profound comment because when we don't live in the world as the world wants us to live in it, things are more clear-cut, and yet they get complicated. You're right, because we as humans tend to be drawn more to living in the world. And, and Well, yeah, and it's very complicated huh, if we don't know Jesus. Yeah. Try, try, and, and if uh, Pentecost hasn't happened in our hearts, in our minds. Try to get Peter and the Twelve to evangelize before Pentecost. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so, and so uh, this beautiful uh, proclamation of the new evangelization that has happened in the last three pontificates is implying in order for there to be a new evangelization, there needs to be a new Pentecost, a new outpouring and a new receiving of the Holy Spirit. And so I think one of the most important things to know about evangelization is I, my, I first need to be evangelized, and that happens by encountering uh, the living Jesus through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And to the degree I don't, Pentecost has not happened to me, I resist evangelization. To the degree it has happened to me, it becomes quite just organic and dynamic. It's not a complicated thing. I, I liken it to discovering the cure for cancer. Uh, if, if one discovers the cure for cancer, well, what's he going to do? He's going to share that. He's going to share that with the world. That's what evangelization is. Discovering a treasure which is greater. Who is greater than the cure for cancer? And because I have discovered that treasure, uh, it it just automatically happens that I want to share that treasure. Christ is that treasure. The risen Christ, who is alive, who is real, who lives, who's in me, who's in us, who is conquering sin, suffering, and death, is real. He's real. And anybody can have him. And that's such a, that is the good news. Anybody can have him, and uh, he's there for us no matter what. And uh, in our sinfulness, in our um, 
brokenness, you know, in, in all. He's there. And so I'm just going to remind our listeners here that uh, this is Real Presence Live, and I'm your host, Janine Bitson, and we are so, so blessed to have uh, Monsignor Thomas Richter, and he is sharing uh, with us um, what it means to evangelize uh, in in this world uh, and, and the gift that it is, that 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 role we have. And so, Monsignor, I need to ask you, you know, uh, with priests, you you have all this incredible theological training of the gospel and so forth. Evangelization, it's also a call to the laity. And how can we as lay persons better carry out that mission? I mean, I know you talked about the new Pentecost right, and, right. and so forth, I, but Sometimes well, we a, have reservations. We're like, we're not good enough for this. We're not, you know, right. trained in this, and and that's another part of our world. It's like, yeah. and it's uh, and it's understandable. I have a little story. I think that would best uh, exemplify that. Uh, I I just spoke to a woman from Oregon um, last week, and uh, some months, some years ago, she got her hands on this little evangelization booklet and uh, started trying to practice it. And there's four steps, four elements, uh, four movements in there that I lay out, praying uh, about, praying for, accompanying, and befriending. And so I, I, uh, I try to um, encourage people. The first step evangelization is asking, huh, asking God in prayer who, in fact, he wants to come to through me. So this woman started doing that. And one day she was reading a paper, and in the paper was a story of a local woman who lost her child in a very tragic sort of way. And this woman I was speaking to, that grabbed her, and the, and the suffering in this woman grabbed her, so she just started praying for her. Once you know it, and, and this, this woman was a Mormon, this very uh, Easter and uh, Lent, she showed up at the church door, and the woman who had been praying for her, had never met her. She showed up at their parish door and wanted to enter RCIA and was received into the church as a Catholic on the Easter Vigil this year. Wow. Oh. <laughs> so, so evangelization begins with offering people to God, mm-hmm. begins with, with uh, the Lord showing who he wants um, to send me to. Oh wow! You it's know, a great, it's a great story. Yeah, it it is. It's beautiful, and and I had something similar happen to in our family. Our, my daughter had offered her Lenten fast uh, in prayer for uh, a Muslim friend she had uh, through her PhD program in mathematics, and her prayer and her fast was that she would join us for Easter. And I just remember the goosebumps that I had <laughs> when mm-hmm. when that Holy Thursday she called and told our daughter Liz, "Yeah, I'd love to join you." And and it was just having that that soul being open to, to such a beautiful witness of our faith. You know, the celebration of the Eucharist. It's just like wow, so so cool. But that's only the first step. What's the second step? Well, the, the second step uh, is uh, praying about who is this person and then praying for that person. Sure. Uh, so, so, so I just don't decide, okay, I, I have a relative or whoever that doesn't go to church, I'm going to evangelize them. Right. But, but, but it's about uh, uh, in my um, 
prayer with the Lord, I get a sense that this is who he wants to come to through me. Not like uh, St. Matthew, the tax collector. Jesus brought a bunch of tax or a bunch of tax collectors, other tax collectors, met Jesus through Matthew, uh, paired them up, so to speak. So this praying for, I think a fine historical example of that is uh, Saint Monica, who was you know trying to evangelize her wayward son Augustine, and uh, the bishop she went to crying one day. The bishop said, Monica. Speak less to Augustine about God and speak more to God about Augustine. That entrusting people to the heart of Christ is a major element of evangelization, letting God act. Um, And so that would uh, be the second step. And the third step, um, I just use uh, one of Pope Francis's words, accompany. And, And so... I'm sorry, befriend and then accompany, which kind of uh, uh, go together. And so it's it's just about inviting the person and um, to come over for dinner or a real sort of um, entering into relationship with the person. On the Catholic vision of of uh, of Catholic the of evangelization, I think for the most part is is around friendship relationships and not just um, some sort of one-time thing, although Jesus can do that with a one-time encounter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. when you think of encounter, the word encounter, how important that is, not only for our own evangelization, but for others. You know, we're, we're pretty fortunate here. We just had Father Charles LaCroix join us in studio, Monsignor, and so he'll be joining in on the conversation, and if it's all right, we're going to keep you till 920. <laughs> I, I I have at least three more minutes. Awesome. <laughs> well, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. You're talking about St. Monica and St. Augustine. And my question to you would be, how do, and maybe you already answered this, but how do you evangelize those within your own family? Sometimes that's the toughest. You're right. And sometimes, and sometimes you're not supposed to be the direct agent, huh? I think in, in many cases... It all depends on the kind of a relationship you have with someone, but but I do think I do think, generally speaking, don't want to speak too broadly here, but I do think one of the major elements that we set aside way too much when we talk about evangelization is the element of intercessory prayer. Mm-hmm. Right. The element of intercessory prayer. How did Mary evangelize the entire world? <laughs> by by letting God do with her what God wanted to do, uh, by surrendering her will, receiving Christ, and then just uh, sharing him, and then acting as intercessor with the Twelve at Pentecost, etc. So I think in, in, in many cases, in many cases when it comes to family, um, it's, it's uh, through that. Whatever one does, right? Um, and however one understands evangelization, it's not about being pushy or preachy or bossy or anything like that. Right. And, yeah. we, need to ma- and, we, and we need to make sure we don't follow some pressure, some should, 
that uh, makes me preachy and pushy and bossy that that uh, does not enable encounter with Jesus. And and that's some of the most beautiful uh, conversions is when it's done through love and somebody else's prayer. Uh, that uh, it's just the ones that are going to stick and stay, <laughs> which yeah. is so important. Well, we want to thank you so much, Monsignor, for joining us today. And, and we're really, really looking forward to having you back again. But coming up next, Father Charles is going to be eager to talk with any one of you. Uh, anybody. You can, anybody. You somebody. Can, <laughs> please, anybody. Somebody. But, uh, you know, call with your questions of the faith or anything you want to ask him, or you just uh, if you want to just talk to him. Uh, he's a great guy to visit with. <laughs> so, uh, so come and uh, join us for Straight Talk segment after this break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. We're excited to broadcast live from the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference on Saturday, June 1st at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. From 9 to 1, hear conference speakers and vendors share their knowledge on topics including homeschooling curriculum, living a liturgical life, minimalism for homeschooling families, how homeschooling fosters creativity, avoiding college debt, and so much more. Listen on the radio, online, on our app, and on Google and Amazon devices on Saturday, June 1st from 9 to 1 at the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. One very important parish will receive special treatment at the 2020 Built Upon a Rock Fest, including catered lunch on the concert day, meet and greet with the bands, and a special preview performance. Built Upon a Rock Fest is grateful for parish support and wants to give back. All sponsoring parishes will be entered into a drawing, and the VIP will be drawn on stage at the concert on September 14th. For details, check out builtuponarockfest.com. Builtuponarockfest.com. You know, just to jump on that comment, too, of just having those responses of being able to defend the faith, you know, no matter who we talk to. I mean, there's so many people that just aren't really familiar with the church teaching. So to be able to clarify that and to be kind of the light of Christ in the world, to bring that actual truth, the, the beauty, to actually bring that to people, I think has just made, you know, it's a different changer for both of us. And I think, um, as you talked about, just knowing the truth of the church. So even if you know what the church teaches, can you really make that argument and support it every day? Right, day in and day out. And that's been a big thing for me, is having this resource that you can sit and listen and learn so much. A big thing for me was, even as a healthcare provider, knowing what abortion is and how it works, listening on Real Presence Radio one day to somebody, a healthcare provider, actually talking through step-by-step, what that goes through was just a game changer for me and as far as being able to vocalize that to other people so that they really understand what abortion is Mm -hmm. and why the church teaches what they teach 
We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now back to more Real Presence Live. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Wow, what a special guest we had, Monsignor Thomas Richter, to He's talk great. about evangelization. Yeah, yeah, We can't talk about it enough. That's what we were made to do. That's why Jesus started the church, so we can evangelize. Absolutely. Make disciples of all nations. I know, I know. And you know what? What he said was so profound because I've thought a lot about this, like how we overcomplicate everything. You know, it's like, all right, you can't do this because you need a certified plumber to do that or, you know, whatever. And, and of course, there's some things you do, but, you know, you can change a valve in the tank, you know. Right, yeah. (laughs) And I'm not going to go resetting other things or wiring my house but right. you know we we overcomplicate everything we need an expert for everything plus why why do we exist as an individual human being you know? yeah why yeah. because to love we him, to know him to serve him right we want and we want to bring as many people into the kingdom as possible i think it was saint augustine that said that we never really go to heaven ourselves we need to bring somebody with us sure. in other words we need to be trying to pass along the great faith that we have had so that others could know Christ, so that others can know that there's hope, purpose, and that they have meaning in this world, and they have eternal life uh, after this world. So, right. I mean, that's why we exist as human beings. That's why the church exists, to make disciples of all nations. How can't you want other people to eat Jesus' body and drink his blood? How can't you want other people to know the hope that we have? How can't you want people to know that they do have purpose, meaning, significance in this life, and that there is life after death. There is forgiveness of sins. There is hope. They do have a chance at eternal life, that Jesus paved the way. He's the way, the truth, and life. So that's great news. Yeah, and I, and I think to clarify what I'm saying is, is that sometimes we feel like it's always somebody else's job, or I can't do it because I need that special person trained in that aspect, and, and we paralyze ourselves. And so right. what we need to understand is that our heart, mind, and soul, are we're responsible for. We're right. responsible to, you know, grow in, in our life. Right. And we definitely need others to help teach us and guide us and pray for us. But Well, a couple of things. First of all, we by our baptism, we were anointed priest, prophet, and king. Right. And prophet means go out and make disciples of all nations. So we have a responsibility to, as baptized people, even if you're not a cleric like myself, to go out and evangelize because that's what you were baptized for, among other things. And also, we think that, oh, that's the bishop or that's the priest's job to go out and evangelize. But I would like to say something maybe controversial. It's more the job of the laity to do that than it is of of the cleric because there's more of you than there is of us. So... 
And, you know, you could read Vatican II documents that say as much that you can be in the highways, the byways, you can be in the bars, and the workplaces, on the playgrounds, you can be everywhere that we can't be. So it's upon you, it's incumbent upon you, and maybe you have the onus, if you will, to, but the great honor and dignity, if you will, to go out and preach the good news, because uh, you're going to reach places that we can't reach at least not on such a frequent basis. And that's where we're such a good team. And and you are educated and knowledgeable in the truth uh, through that apostolic tradition handed down straight from Jesus. And yet you help to empower and help us to know how to speak the truth. And that's where Monsignor Richter's words were so wonderful, you know, helping us to realize what our role is and how to do that. Plus the fact that, you know, when at the end of Mass, the Mass is called the Mass because of the word mise, and so that means to send out, to go forth. And so at the end of Mass, you'll always hear the bishop, or priest, or deacon say, if there's deacon, it's his job, so we defer to him. But uh, <laughs> you'll say something like, go forth and make disciples of all nations. The Mass is ended. Go forth. Go forth. The Mass is ended. So, yeah, your point is well taken. We're filled up with the sacramental grace, and then we are, as baptized people, sent forth to to go out into that world out there and make disciples of all nations, because that world out there needs to hear about Jesus. That world out there is, in many ways, given up hope, has given up uh, any possibility of knowing the truth, has given up any knowledge that their sins can be forgiven, that they can attain eternal life, that all their desires can be fulfilled. So and there's one we s- needed to tell them that. And there's one simple answer, and that's the life of Christ. And Absolutely. To, to follow him and emulate him, and, uh, and his life wasn't overcomplicated, and we need to make ours less complicated and make room for Jesus in our hearts. We need to make him the focal point of our existence. Well, it's the only reason we do exist. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, get your questions ready. Yeah, I'm Uh, ready. Get ready for Father Charles. Uh, You can call us at 1-877-795-0122. And we are so excited to talk to you about... uh, different things that are on your mind or questions you have about the faith. And you can also do your questions or comments on on Facebook. So you can contact us on Facebook as well. All those things you wondered about, now's the time to ask. All right. Well, here we go. What about purgatory? What about angels? What about demons? What about saints? What's all that about? There's all kinds of great stuff with our wonderful faith. And now the phone lines are open, so... Give us a ring, and uh, Father Charles will be here to answer any of your questions. It's a toll-free number, right? Yeah, toll-free, and try and stump them. I bet you can't. (laughs) 877-795-0122 for all your theological and moral and ethical needs. And and, uh, just... Talk to us about how you evangelize, uh, how, how you go out into the world. You know, it doesn't have to be a question. Just call us and tell us about your experiences. Uh, there's just some great stories out there, and the power of intercessory prayer, your intercessory prayer, um, it, it's just phenomenal. So share with our listeners, you know, special moments in your life. I was listening to this one podcast. It's a secular podcast, and 
one of the listeners had a question, viewers, listeners, whatever. I can, I think it was, you can either listen to it or watch it. Whatever. Sure. And that was that, you know, in, in an ectopic pregnancy, is that considered an abortion when you have to take the tube out of the woman because it's going to hemorrhage and it's disease. And so the woman was being told by, because she'd already had the procedure, she was being told by her, I guess, so-called friends that that was an abortion and that was wrong. But, and she was, she's totally against abortion. She was like, is this wrong? And the answer is that's not an abortion because the abortion, an abortion is a direct and intentional destruction of the baby. And so with this type of procedure, in a sense, you, you take out the tube. Now the baby's in the tube, but the baby dies naturally. You're never directly and intentionally or wanting the baby to die and you're not causing the direct attack on the baby's body or taking out the tube. So that would not be considered an abortion. That would be a, you know, unfortunate operation that you have to have, but the intention uh, is not to harm the baby at all. The, the, uh, you're not directly attacking the baby's body. So yeah, whoever was talking to that lady gave her really bad advice. And I think they were just trying to overcompensate, but, um, yeah, so we can truthfully say as Catholics we're against all abortion because all abortion is wrong. So that particular uh, procedure was not an abortion because it wasn't the direct and intentional harming, killing of a innocent human life. Yeah, and, and that's, that's such a wonderful clarification because in that responsibility with evangelization also comes the responsibility of knowing the truth Mm -hmm. and speaking truth. And so we need to be very cautious in that respect that when we are evangelizing or when we are talking about um, some precepts of the church or laws of the church that we know the correct answer and uh, to always be growing in our faith. So we have... uh, Wow, we have uh, Mark from Fargo uh, saying, thank you, Father Charles, for your time as chaplain at Shanley. Uh, actually, he's on the phone. Mark is on Mark. the line. Mark, Hello? how are you doing today? Welcome doing to uh, Straight Talk. Father. Hey, God bless you. I, God bless you, Father. I just wanted to thank you for your um, years of service and being a great role model for uh, the last 12 years for the our children in the uh, Fargo Catholic School Network at the middle school and at the high school, and along the lines, you've done so many many things with regard to abortion. Um, I've been with you on the March for Life in Washington, D.C., and what a wonderful example you are as a priest and a wonderful example to our kids. Uh, I wanted to thank you for that, and also for your presence at various events, be it these sporting events or theater or band events, um, there's one consistency is that you're always there <laughs> and you're always supporting our kids. And, um, again, I wanted to thank you and this, uh, hopefully the people in Cavalier and Crystal, uh, you have a wonderful priest to look forward to, uh, as he, uh, comes your way in the end of June. Thank you, father. Well, Mark, God bless you for saying that. I've been blessed tremendously at my time at Chanley and Sullivan. And, uh, 
if you think you see two of me, maybe that's uh, just my uh, doppelganger, or somebody who looks like me wearing a collar, you know, somewhere. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if you could exactly get the mustache right. But anyway, well, so. Padre Pio, he was able to bilocate, so <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, we could definitely have more. He's Father out of my Charles's. league, though. But uh, well, no, it's been a blessing. And uh, Mark, families like yours make the position as chaplain at Shanley and Sullivan just a blessing. Uh, and my honor to have been there, and I thank God that I was able to, to be there for a time in my life and then to be blessed that way. Well, thank you so much, Mark, Amen. for calling, and I know uh, uh, many, many people share exactly what you just spoke to, so thank you. We do have... Uh, yep. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Go team, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I I can certainly re- reiterate what Mark said. Uh, you have touched our family in many ways. You came when our son was our oldest son was a junior, and so you had all four of our beautiful children, and we're so grateful. Had, to had the bits and quartet there. You that did, was awesome. you did, and uh, boy, and he also has uh, baptized two. You've baptized two of her grandchildren as well. Right? Yeah. So, wow. It's, no, uh, three. Yeah. Three. Holy moly. Somebody's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get Janine a new calculator. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's such a blessing. Such a blessing. Oh, well, we just want to remind our callers to call one 877 and, uh, Give Father Charles a call and ask him your questions or, again, just uh, anything you'd like to talk to about evangelization. Um, such an important topic for us to discuss. And we have uh, actually Lori from Fargo. Lori she, from Fargo. She has a question for you, Father Charles. Welcome. Lori, how are you doing today? Hi, Father Charles. I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> great. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Um, I My question is um, some easy like first steps to evangelize in everyday life. Like in the yeah. workplace and in even like not in the workplace, like you're home most of the day. Yeah. And you run into people here and there, you're doing errands, that right. kind of thing. Well, I think uh thank you for that call, Lori. That's great. And I think you know, Monsignor Richter shared with us some great, uh, very effective steps. And I think step number one is just to pray for that person. Uh and also pray to God that you will be open to being used by him as an instrument of his mercy, of an instrument of his truth, as an instrument of his grace. And then I think just by the way you live your life, to be courteous, to be kind, to be in the moment with people. Sometimes we think that people are in our lives for no apparent reason, but they're always there. God allows them to be there for a reason, even if it's just a passing visit even if it's just a hello while you're walking down the aisle or the street or whatever. And just to know that that person is made in the image and likeness of Christ and that your job, in a sense, is to pass along the love of Christ. Because I I believe as St. Augustine, again, I'm I'm on the St. Augustine kick here. I'm, I'm on his bandwagon, but he said that no one converts unless they feel the love of God through another person. So that's, we have high stakes, you know, everything yeah. that we think, everything that we say, everything that we do at every moment of the day is to pass along God's graces to people. And especially when we don't feel like it, 
<laughs> yeah. and, and, and you know when we when we don't want to see point. anybody and we got a lot of work to do and we're right. very irritated and this happened at the worst possible location those are the times that i think god is allowing us to merit through jesus a lot of grace for that person so if we're extra patient extra kind extra attentive when we really don't feel like it i think that's why god allow that whole situation to happen because there's a lot of graces on the table there. And if we come through with a love that Christ is, then I think those graces will be effective and those graces will be utilized. That's a great, great question, Lori. Thank Thank you you. so much. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. That's great. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, we have another caller on the line. It's Kathy from West Fargo. Welcome, Kathy. What is your question? Good morning, and yes, morning. I want to also thank Father for all the good that you have done to our community. Yes, you, and I'm thank from you. that area, so praise the Lord. I can do some time up there. Praise God. Um, so my question is about yeah, my question is about purgatory. Yeah, and I don't know enough about it myself to understand how to explain to a non-Catholic. So when when we confess our sins, yeah. And we're forgiven, given mm-hmm. absolution, right? And we die. Yeah. If we are not in any sin at all, do we go to heaven? Or no matter what, there's some. No, we you can know, go. We're a saint. We can go straight to heaven. We can go straight to heaven, and I think a lot of you know the, the canonized saints. I think that's what happened there. You know, and I think a lot of people can do that, and especially when we let's say we have an illness at the end of our lives, we're kind of in a sense making reparation, if you will, for the temporal punishment due to sin. So with any sin, there's two punishments. There's an eternal punishment, the guilt of our sin, and then there's the temporal punishment or the temporary uh, on earth situations that we unfortunately uh, happen, uh, that happen because of our sin, things that were thrown out of whack, uh, maybe certain af- affections, disordered affections that we inculcated because of our sin, the habit of our sin. So there's eternal punishment, temporal punishment. Now, confession gets rid of our eternal punishment, so we won't have to spend eternity in hell. But perhaps we still have some attachments to sin. Perhaps we still have developed bad habits that we need to work out. The bottom line is that these are temporary, and we, when we die, if we're not in a state of perfection, but we are in a state of grace— so we died in God's friendship. We have sanctifying grace in our souls, but we aren't yet perfect. Then, you know, we go to this hospital of perfection called purgatory where we learn to love more. We learn mm-hmm. to be patient more. We learn to, you know, trust God more. And so uh, once we're perfected, then we graduate into heaven. The great, great thing about, I'm talking about graduation because it's that time of year, but anyway, <laughs> the great thing about purgatory is that we're assured, 100% assured that we will make it to heaven because we've already been judged worthy of heaven and we still need some perfecting to do. So that's a great, great place to be perfected. I think like if you talk to non-Catholics about purgatory, just say, hey, look, don't you agree that you have to be perfect to enter into heaven? And I think they would say yes because yeah. it's in scripture. But say, how many of us die perfect? You know, how many of us die with right. no attachment to even venial sin and that we're totally sorry 100% because we love God so mm-hmm. much, you know, or are we sorry because we don't want to go to hell, you know, which is a legitimate, you know, non-perfect contrition that will 
we still get our sins forgiven in confession. So, but again, you know, we we want to be perfect when we enter into heaven. We don't. It's like if somebody said, "Hey, do you want to go visit the Pope right now?" And you're in your pajamas, you know, and you're like, "Well, hey, do you want to go right now, or do you want you want to you know you want to get something more appropriate on you know, and and for the occasion, you say, "Yeah, well, let me, give me five minutes, you know, and then I'll be ready." So we want to be perfect because we're going to take in that intense love of God, and we can't take in that intense love of God if we have anything other than God in our souls. That, wow, what a great yeah. answer. I love the pajama analogy. I like yeah. pajamas. I mean, geez, and, you, and we made it. If you get to purgatory, we, we praise God, we made it. Made now, it. Let's, now let's get to right. the let's nitty get gritty. Yeah. yeah. Does that answer your question, Kathy? Yeah. Awesome. Yes, that, yeah, that does. Um, and that's kind of how I responded. I, you know, I explained that I would be just delighted to get to purgatory, yeah. knowing that I have Obviously, I'm human, and I. Yeah. So anyway, I just wasn't sure how how to really explain that. So well, thank you so much for your yeah. Call. No, that's great. Thank, thank you, Kathy. You. you have a wonderful day. Thank you very day. much, and and thanks again, Father. You got it. God bless. Now we have uh, Margaret on the phone from Fargo. Welcome, Margaret. What is your question? Uh, well, first, I'd like to say, thank Father for all the awesome work he's done. With- students at Chandler. Amen. I mean, Thank you, Margaret. He has, you have really changed lives and changed lives and changed lives. I am, I am so impressed. And my question is, what's the difference between a holy day and a solemnity? Okay, so sometimes they're the same. So there's solemnities throughout the year, which is the highest form of the day. You know, we have solemnities, then we have feasts, then we have obligatory memorials, then we have memorials, then we have what is called ferial or you could say regular day. And so the difference is that some solemnities are holy days of obligation and some are not. So, for instance, All Saints Day, that's a solemnity, which is also a holy day of obligation. But then you have other solemnities like, you know, St. Joseph, that's not a, it's a solemnity, but it's not a holy day of obligation. The Annunciation, which we celebrate on March 25th, that's a solemnity, but not a holy day of obligation. So what we mean by holy day of obligation is that you need to go to Mass that day and treat that day special. And so we have, like, coming up, the Ascension, which is normally Ascension Thursday, but the vast majority of dioceses throughout the United States by per, they have the permission to do this they have transferred it to the following Sunday so but there are some dioceses where you have to attend mass this Thursday a couple days from now and so I think New York is one of them and there's a couple other east coast dioceses that you would celebrate the ascension Thursday by a holy day of obligation so so yeah, all solemnities are special, but not all solemnities are holy days of obligation. Does that make okay. sense? Yes, it makes sense, and it, it makes, I understand the difference now. Thank you so awesome. super much. God, God bless you. Yeah, Thanks thank for calling. You, Margaret. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
All right. We just want to give our number out again. It's 877-795-0122. Call in with your questions. And again, you can also send in your questions or comments on Facebook. And now we have Milt from Fargo. And what is your question, Milt? Yes, Father. Yes, Milt. I have a question regarding the last rites and yeah. the apostolic blessing. The anointing of I the sick. Like you, pardon? Yes. Yeah, the anointing, the anointing of, the, of, sick, of yeah. the sick. And the apostolic blessing. Right. I would like for you to ex- explain to the listeners uh, the difference between the two and the benefits therefrom. Okay. Great question, Mill. Thank you. Well, obviously the anointing of the sick is that special sacrament by which we are commended to the Lord in our infirmity, and you can receive the sacrament of anointing of the sick when there's serious illness or, you know, maybe your lack of strength due to getting up there in age. So that's a great sacrament by which and we're always encouraged to, within the sacrament of anointing a sick, to avail ourselves to the sacrament of reconciliation. So you can have that. Now, there's special circumstances if the person is not conscious or not able to make a confession that the sacrament is very appropriate there, the sacrament of anointing. And then, on top of all that, after you receive the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, and or the sacrament of reconciliation, there is a special prayer called the apostolic pardon or the apostolic blessing that any priest is authorized to give. And what that does is by saying that prayer over that person, that person's temporal temporal punishment, all the things being equal, that person's temporal punishment due to sin is taken away. So that's a good opportunity at the anointing of the sick to bestow the apostolic pardon, it's also called the apostolic blessing, onto that person, which does, it's a plenary indulgence, basically. So it removes all temporal punishment punishment due to sin, and it's a great prayer, Mm -hmm. it's a great blessing, and it's a great opportunity to be able to be blessed by God through the priest, to have no temporal punishment due to sin. So you could go straight to heaven. All the things being equal, you have the forgiveness, you had the sacrament, you had the anointing, another sacrament, and then you were given this apostolic pardon. So the Lord is kind and merciful. He's gracious. He's very, very lavish, you know, because on the cross, he turned to the good thief and he said, you're going to be with me in paradise. But wait a minute, everybody says, this guy lived a life of ill repute and he should pay even beyond the grave. And Jesus says, nope, he's, his heart, I know his heart, and he's going to be with me today in paradise. So the Lord is gracious, kind, and merciful, and he gives an abundance of his grace. He gives it to the max. Mm-hmm. And all we need to do is ask for it. And I tell you, I'm so great that we have a God who judges us, not like the world judges us, because, boy, we'd all be doomed. <laughs> so ask for that apostolic blessing, that apostolic pardon. That should be the long and the short of it here. Well, thank you so much, Milt, for Milt, your question. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Good job, thank Milt. Thank you very much, Father. Thank you, Milt. We just bye bye.
So just want to remind you, 877-795-0122. We only have about seven minutes left. So get in your questions for Father Charles LaCroix and, uh, and or comments. Um, you know, Father, I am so, so grateful for all that you've done at Shanley High School, too. And just the blessings, the gifts, uh, even the March for Life that we tag team together with. Right. What a joy. What a, a, an incredible gift well the thing is when when you think back on you know well when i think back on my time there what's readily apparent is that there's so much hope for the future because our young people sometimes they get sold short you know they well the young people don't care about this they don't care about that they're so narcissistic you know blah 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 wrong yeah our young people are quality you. (laughs) you know we have some great families there and so I have nothing but tremendous hope for the near future, for the present, the near future, and the future. Because especially, I think, our young people nowadays, they want proof. But once they get the proof, then watch out. They're they're all for it. And so there's no better time to be a Catholic than right now because you can, by science, prove the existence of God. You can, by philosophy, prove the existence of God. And so once they have the proof, then, then the sky's the limit, you know, here nowadays the i'll I'll give you a little secret here why do a lot of young people leave the church eventually and and the number one reason there's a lot of reasons but the number one reason is because they see an inherent conflict between faith and science between religion and reason and actually the opposite is the truth there's such a complementarity between faith and uh reason religion and and uh and science that you know Science is actually now supporting what we believe. For instance, just since the turn of the millennial, 2000s, you know, we've had great proof mm-hmm. of the existence of God scientifically. And, you know, we, I'd love to talk more about that right after we hear from Paul from Fargo. Welcome. Paul. Paul. Or <laughs> <laughs> Father Charles, this is Carter's dad, Paul. Hey, Paul. I, I'm going to miss. Our conversations that we've had on the sidelines during the Shanley <laughs> football sidelines, games. Yeah. Blessing you have been to the students at Shanley. Uh, and uh, we're just, we're, we're going to miss you so much. Well, Paul, you know. And, yeah. Keep talking. You're saying good things about me. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> so far, uh, one, thing, one thing that I will never forget, and it was, it was the talent contest that they had at Shanley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And to see you up on stage in the auditorium doing your your Detroit rap dance. Yeah. <laughs> and Is there was, any other kind of rap dance but the Detroit rap dance? Mm-hmm. You know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> You're a phenomenal dancer. <laughs> and I, I, I thought, man, this is, this is a family meeting. I mean, what a gift to uh, I, I'm going to miss you. Uh, I mean, we all will, and, and I wish you the best of luck, and, and uh, hope that we do run. You come down and, and, and watch Shanley at, uh, on occasion, and and uh, just just say hi. Hey, so, you, you know I'm always going to bleed Deacon Red, you know. So hey, wonderful. <laughs> I also bleed Honolulu Blue for the Detroit Lions, but I also, I mean, I got a lot of different color bloods in me, but so... But um, no, it's working better for you. <laughs> God bless you, Paul, and uh, thank you and your family for being such a great example of what a Catholic family looks like. So thank you so much. Paul, 
Thank you so much, Father. And, and again, best of luck. God bless you. All right. Take care, Paul. Paul from Fargo. Well, thank you, Paul. Uh, We also have uh, Joshua on the line and his dad, Bill. Welcome. Oh, they're not on the line. Well, not on the phone. Yeah, just a comment, but a great comment. Joshua, who is a student, and Bill, his dad, say goodbye and thank you, Father Charles. Oh, hey, thank you, Josh and Bill. You guys, another great family. Um, Wow. And they're... they're, uh, I won't exactly say where they're from, but they're, they're I know on the, where they're from. They're, they're from a little uh, across the river town <laughs> in Minnesota, so that's great. Special, special family, and thank you, Josh and Bill, for all you do for our Shanley community as well. You know, I can't take uh, you know any credit for the dancing thing because I'm from Detroit, so it's <laughs> it's, it's something that yeah you don't even worry about. It. You just go out and do it, and that's the way it is. So that's awesome. But we've had some great questions here, and yeah. there's still we still got a couple minutes where you can sneak in. Another question over here. So you bet. 877-795-0122. Uh just uh call in. Um Oh, we're running out of time. We now. are running out of time. Wow. Wow, how did how fast did that go? Uh, pretty fast. Well, you know what? I want to You're talking about rapping. That, that, uh, <laughs> that takes <laughs> up a lot of time. Took care of it. But I do want to follow up real quick because you know, you talked about the kids, the students, yep. and how how wonderful um, they are, and that we're in good hands. Great hands. And we are in great hands. And when I think of all the the religious and the vocations and uh, the the healthy sacramental marriages that I've seen mm-hmm. blossom yeah. since my kids have graduated, um, we are in really good hands. So there's so much hope in this world, and it's all who you're listening to. To, yeah, and, and the fact that the Lord hasn't given up on us, oh, the fact yeah, that there amen. is that that school network there in 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 Fargo, that proves that God hasn't given up. The radio station, our Real Presence Radio, network, which you are listening absolutely. to right now, proves that God has not given up on us yet. You mentioned the sacramental marriages, the great uh, families that are are up and coming. God has not forget, forgotten about us. He's not abandoned us, and. This new evangelization that Monsignor Richter talked about, uh, it's on its way. Right, right. And I think when you see the decibel level go up with the, the bad stuff in the world, I think that's actually kind of a sign that we're winning. I mean, right, God's yeah. winning. No, yep, and you're so right. things are going to heighten, and then we need to raise to that level and have courage and have strength. And, and where do we find that? We a, find that in our faith. Yeah. Only yeah. God I, can I, give it. And you mentioned, you know, I, I like this kind of a spiritual principle, like when you're doing things right, you're going to get a lot of pushback or you, like you said, the decibel level on the other side is going to increase in that. Like when a pro-life politician gets elected or a pro-life measure gets passed, you hear a lot of screaming. It's because the demons are screaming, you know, and I'm not saying anybody's possessed or whatever, but when you're influenced by that type of thinking, then you're going to reject anything good that happens, you know? So yeah, we're, Obviously, we're fighting things on a natural level, but we're also fighting things on a supernatural level. That's why you need to pray, pray, pray. What does it pray like? Everything depends on God and work like everything depends on you. And if you're doing your job, God is certainly going to do his. But yeah, we're going to be having pushback. We're going to face some opposition for being true to our faith, for being a good Catholic, and we are countercultural. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Right. And I think when Monsignor Richter talked about that first step, you know, the importance of that intercessory prayer and praying for, you know, praying to God 
who he wants you to to be a light mm-hmm. in the world to, you know, because he'll answer your prayers. That's and right. intercessory prayer from uh, from us or the saints, I mean, it's so, so important because prayer does solve everything. might fa- not be right away on our terms, but it does and will solve The fact everything. that God listens to prayer is a great mercy that yeah. he's given us, that we he actually cares about what we think what we say what absolutely we so we want to thank all of you who called in yes for, or wrote questions for father charles during our straight tax segment now after the break we are going to be visiting with dr glenda reeves from the university of mary in bismarck and she will be talking about exciting news with their nursing program oh. and later in the show we will also have some fun events in the listening area during our 10-minute tour coming up on real presence live 